welcome to the Special Story Podcast. I'm Sharon. And I'm Steven. And we are here just talking about our lives raising kids with special needs. Happy St. Nicholas Day! Yay! <laughs> what a fun day. It is fun. I feel like it's almost like a, I don't know, a warm-up to Christmas, if you will. I don't think we did this growing up, so... We, since we've been married, we've kind of learned about this tradition. I, I think it's popular, but I just hadn't heard of it before having kids of my own, mm-hmm. where the night before St. Nicholas Day, you put your shoes out under the tree or outside your door or by the fireplace or wherever, but everybody puts their shoes out. And then in the morning, traditionally, they get, I think it's gold coins, a little orange, a clementine orange, and then books or some people do like Christmas jammies, which I think is really cute. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my act together enough to actually get those this year, but it's really fun. So if you follow me on Instagram, posted a little picture of the kids with their shoes out and basically just said that our kids did not get chocolate coins or oranges. Instead, they got like the Bark Thins chocolate covered pretzels because that's what they sell at Target, which is obviously where St. Nicholas shops. Yes. So, you know, it wasn't quite the traditional thing, but, um, you know, you do what you can do. Yeah. You just do what you can do. So, and I will say like in the interest of keeping, keeping it real, as much as we like these traditions and I still think they're fun to do. I mean, the fact of the matter is that we bring the kids downstairs and we're all excited and Lulu wanders over and she has no idea what's going on at all. And Max picks up the shoe. This is such a six-year-old thing to do. He picks up he picks up the bark thins. We'd gotten him a little Grinch sticker book and a little activity book because he's really into crosswords and connect the dots and stuff like that. So he picks up both the books, flips through them each for about 10 seconds, and then he looks at me and he goes, so is this all? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, Max. Mm-hmm. I'm very sorry to tell you this is all. And he, and like, he wasn't mad about it, but I just feel like that's such a six year old thing to just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so what's out? What, what, what else is there? Yeah. Not necessarily in a mean way, just in a way of, you know, the world is my oyster and, you yeah. know, surely I deserve everything. And when am I going to get everything well, that's coming to me? What's funny is that, and then this morning afterwards, he was, he wasn't quite figuring out how to go through the, um, activity book. Oh, yeah. And um, so he's a little frustrated because he had the other ones and he's, he's very involved with. But I guess later to later in the afternoon, he really got into it, figured it out. And was just, you know, now he's like loving it. And he wants, he yeah. didn't want to stop today. Yeah. So, you know. It all works out in the end. <laughs> it's just funny. It's funny how kids, they just, you know, they're really good at just keeping your expectations just oh, really yeah. grounded, yeah. you know, really grounded. It's good. It's good for us. Yeah. No, totally. I think another area in which our expectations will just be nice and low is the fact that we have a little Christmas parade coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So Max's school, so Max is in first grade and he goes to a Montessori school. And then we have Lulu actually two days a week in their toddler program. And at some point I would like to do a whole, you know, recap of basically what we're doing with Lulu with her special ed and her preschool program and stuff like that. Cause I feel like It is, we're kind of doing things a little bit differently than the norm, um, but we've really liked it so far. But anyway, they're participating in a parade on Saturday. So Mm -hmm. where their school is, is kind of part of this like little teeny, like kind of historic town. Mm -hmm. And it's really just one main street. It's one of those places that's kind of old enough that it's literally just one street. And then there's houses all around it. So the parade is going down this little main street, which their school is on. Mm -hmm. So I think the school has a little flow and then the kids are all going to walk in the parade. Mm -hmm. So anyway, 
I think it should be fun. I think it'll be a good time. But, you know, at the same time, you just never know until you get out there. Yeah. It could be a good time. It could be tears. Yes. You just don't know. So we will right. go and we'll see. He's excited. And he is excited. That's good, but that, that often comes with some degree of anxiety. Um, of course. So, of course. So. I mean, when you're six, every fun thing is also just a source of almost angst. Yeah. Because it's either that you're having so much fun, you know it's about to end, or you're so excited about it that you're worried that it's not going to fulfill all of your wildest hopes and dreams yeah. yeah so actually i feel like that kind of still happens to me yes it does <laughs> 35. it does <laughs> the only thing that we don't know as regards the parade is if lulu will be attending because it is pretty cold here it's in the low to mid 30s in december and so i do feel like i feel like it's a little different when you're outside but i do feel like you know there's gonna be a lot of kids a lot of germs floating around you know i don't want to get halfway through this parade and then have have the share and panic and then feel like I need to leave. Right. So so we'll see. We'll see if she ends up going. But kind of on a related topic, I thought that for today, we might cover some of the things that we do to keep Lulu healthy and Max too during cold and flu season. I know that I had mentioned on last week's podcast that there's kind of like we kind of came up with like a protocol for her that first winter when she was a baby just to try and keep her healthy, just doing what we could do at home. Now, I will say before we get into this, like, I do feel like I need to make a giant disclaimer, which is that although we might strike you as really, really intelligent people, it may come as a surprise to you that we are not medical professionals. (laughs) Not only are we not medical professionals, but we feel very uncomfortable giving you anything that would even border upon medical advice. Mm -hmm. So what I'm not going to talk about today is I'm not going to talk about anything that your doctor would have any sort of opinion on. So things like Lasix which some people may not know what that is. That's prescribed by doctors. Keeps keeps your lungs clear. I'm not going to talk about shots. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff just because I just think that whatever your doctor is telling you should really trump whatever I am telling you anyway. All I'm going to talk about are things that you can really buy over the counter and use at home that your doctor would really have no opinion about. That's the world that I want to stay in. Mm -hmm. So to summarize, pay no attention to us. We do not know what we're talking about. And yet we're going to tell you all this stuff anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's share with you. And, I, you know, the way I, I see it is giving you a lot of credit that you put a lot of effort into trying to figure out, you know, trying to figure this this out, what would be effective. So it was yeah. the trial and error, a lot yes. of research. You did speak with our doctors. You did get, did. You did get yes. feedback from other people. Yeah. You talked to other moms and so forth. So yeah. you put a lot of effort into like this this program, whatever, just sort of like right. this routine that has has come to be, it has become very, very effective. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely did. I mean, everything that we do with Lulu is, is totally doctor approved and we worked with our yeah. pediatrician on everything. But yeah, but having said that, just, you know, don't take anything we're saying as medical advice. So it's a little different for a baby and a toddler. So I'm going to start with a baby. And to give you a little bit of background on where Lulu was when we were doing all this, I would say that she was fairly medically fragile, starting around six months and going all the way to a year. So we were at the doctor's office pretty much every other day from, oh my gosh, the end of December until mid-June. I think I actually had to count up how many times we went to the doctor for something, for some insurance, something or other. And yeah, I think we averaged pretty much three times a week at the doctor's office. So they were really... It wasn't that they were just like, oh, we want to see her every other day. It was just that her situation was constantly in flux. She was up and down a lot. And a lot of it did have to do with the fact that she had an unrepaired heart defect. So Lulu was born with two holes in her heart, which are two ASDs. And 
we just didn't realize that it was going to cause her so many respiratory issues. You know, again, not not being medical professionals, we didn't realize how much having a heart defect actually affects like your breathing. So her that first winter, she just she just had a lot of respiratory issues. She had RSV, and then she had pneumonia, and then she had pneumonitis, which I think is like pneumonia light. And so we were back and forth to the doctors. We were back and forth to the hospital. We were kind of back and forth everywhere. Um, also in the middle of that, she had an issue with seizures. And that's something that's kind of outside the scope of this podcast. But it kind of just all contributed to her being very medically fragile. So her condition was just very, very up and down. So, you know, after, you know, after really the first hospitalization, after that, of course, we were very motivated not to go back. So some of this advice we actually got from the staff in the PICU who were wonderful, like mm-hmm. the people, the nurses and doctors that we had at the hospital were great. But basically when we came back and then she caught her next cold, there were a few things that we basically did to try and keep her out of the hospital. So one thing that they actually advised us to do was to kind of try and elevate her mattress a little bit. So when they're a baby, obviously you don't want to put any, you know, blankets or anything inside the crib. So what we did is we folded up a blanket and we kind of shoved it under the mattress on one end. All it's doing is really raising the edge of that mattress, like probably like a couple of inches. And that's, and that's how she's set up in the hospital, right? They, they yeah. elevate. So they elevate just, it. I think yeah. in the hospital, they actually elevate it more, but I wasn't, I was a little nervous to do it at home. Yeah. So, but even just having it up a couple of inches, it just allows stuff to drain so that she's not just lying on her back all night. Again, when you're a baby and you're not rolling around, it's like you're just sleeping on your back. Mm -hmm. So we definitely felt like that helped. We did the – so like when I would sense that she had a cold coming on, I would go out and I would buy the saline sprays. And for me, I like the sprays. I like that you can just shoot it in there. I know they have saline drops. This is for her nose. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, I would spray the saline spray into her nose. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll put links to, like, the saline spray that we use and, like, and all that stuff. I'll put links on those to those things on our website, which is www.specialstorywithane.com if you want to actually see the products that we use. But, yeah, I would basically buy the saline spray and I would spray it in her nose. And I would do this and then I would use a bulb that they they actually gave us. See, this is one thing that, unfortunately, I don't think you can buy. But the first time we were in the hospital, they gave us like a huge bulb syringe. And it's kind of one of those things where it's the bigger, the better, because this one was super powerful because it was enormous. And like I treated this thing like it was like, I don't know, made of gold because I just made sure that we never, ever, ever lost it. Like we still have it. I mean, it's been literally three years since she was Mm -hmm. hospitalized. We still have this thing. It's still in a room. But I know a lot of people use like the nose Frida, which is kind of gross, but it's like it's like a tube. You suction it by sucking on it on one end of the tube. It sounds gross, but a lot of people swear by them. But I would basically, I mean, as simple as it sounds, I would suction her nose. But I mean, I would do it, first of all, I would do it multiple times a day. So we're talking three to four times a day. And when she had RSV, they kind of told us that a lot of A lot of what babies, what is so hard for babies when they have RSV specifically is literally just that they cannot, they've just got all this like junk in their chest. Again, this is not a medical actual explanation, but just what they told me is just to have all this junk in like their chest. They they just can't get it out because they Mm -hmm. can't cough it up. They can't blow it out. Mm -hmm. So like when she was in the hospital, that's like a lot of what they're doing is they're just coming in and suctioning her nose Mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like after watching that for 10 days, I was like, oh, this is what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. They're suctioning her nose all day long. I'm going to go home and I'm going to suction her nose all day long. So that's what I did. Um, So we did that. So we did the, so like what I would do is I would basically first, first and foremost, we would just keep her mattress elevated. 
I would suction her nose multiple times a day. And then I would do like a steam bath, usually once in the morning and once at night. So basically what I would do is I would go into the bathroom and I would turn on the hot water faucets and the water in the shower and I would just let the hot water run. This is not something I would recommend if you're trying to save money on your water bills. But again, it's just one of those things that it's like if you are desperate and you are trying to stay out of the hospital, you do not care. Mm -hmm. So I would let the water run. I would let the entire bathroom fill with steam and then I would bring her in and I would either like at nighttime, sometimes I actually would put her in the bath. But in the morning, I would actually just kind of hold her and try and keep her happy or look at a read a book or something. But I would just keep her in the steamy room for like 10 to 15 minutes and just let her sit in the steam. Mm-hmm. And with babies, it's hard because you can't do you can't actually give them much like you can't give them right. the cold and cough medicines are too little for that. So I feel like stuff like this, you know, it, it sounds kind of crazy. I feel like it, or it sounds kind of over the top. But at the same time, if it works, it works. We definitely did a humidifier. Some people like this and some people don't. So if this is not your thing, you know, you'll certainly not offend me. But we use essential oils sometimes. We don't use them for everything, but we did have one called Breathe by doTERRA. What I got was a Mr. Humidifier combo. So it would actually work for both. And it did release like a good amount of moisture into the air. Because sometimes I feel like those misters, like they'll release the oils into the air, but they're not necessarily getting out. You really want that like mister in the air. Mm-hmm. Like you want the room to have that moisture in it. So I found one. Again, I can link to it if people are interested. And I would basically run that all night. So I'd fill it with water and we'd check it before, like before we went to bed, we would check and make sure that it was full. Like these are things that I think for most people, they just kind of think yeah you know fill up the humidifier but for us it was like we were on a very like we were checking all this stuff religiously Mm -hmm. we did not go to bed if the mister was not full Mm -hmm. you know or if the humidifier was not full because to us it it, it actually made like a significant difference in our lives i do think that the um essential oil did make a big difference because for a long stretch, we weren't using it. And then we went through lots yeah. of different humidifiers. Yeah, and we did. We bought, we bought a couple lot. different humidifiers. And once we started using that essential oil for both Lulu mm-hmm. and Max, I, it seemed like things turned around much, much more quickly. Yeah, I thought so. Because, you know, because it, it is one of those things where I felt like the breathe was was helping her to breathe. And then she is sitting in it all night long. Mm-hmm. You know, that's eight hours that she's sleeping and she's getting this stuff into her sinuses. So, you know, I certainly don't think it hurt anything. I think, if anything, it was helpful and again i was pretty much willing to try anything so we we went pretty hard on that what else did we do um we did face masks so i i am a big proponent of face masks i feel like those sometimes get a bad rap (laughs) um just because again if you don't have a medically fragile child face masks just seem really over the top when i say face masks i mean the the kind of like the Mask that it lo- that the surgeons use, like at the hospital. Yeah. Am I? Is that am I calling yeah, them the right thing? Yeah, and, and um, I would I would put them on so that if I get sick, right? Yeah, I mean you can buy them at, at a CVS or a Walgreens or yeah. a Target. You can buy them anywhere, but they're basically just like you know people. You see people wearing them during cold and flu season. But you know, if anyone in our house was congested, we would wear them. If I felt like I was getting sick at all, I would wear those around her. And then if we thought that Max was getting sick, we would basically just completely separate them. So we, I mean, we've done this. I think we even did this, this we did this actually right before her surgery this year too, where our house is actually three levels. So we have a finished off basement. I would have Steve take Max to the basement and Max would sleep down there and they would play down there. When we ate dinner, we would eat in different rooms. We would try to have them eat at different times. Like we just, we did everything completely separately so that they did not interact at all. Because Max is not, he was too little. I mean, he's six now, but 
I mean, when he was, when Lulu was a baby, he was three. And you're just not going to get a three-year-old to keep one of those masks on. Now, he was really good about covering his mouth. Like, we would, we were really, really, really on him about covering his mouth when he coughed. So he would cough into his elbow. Or he would actually, I felt like we were scarring him a little bit because he would actually sometimes turn and run from the room if he felt like he was (laughs) going to cough. But again, it's just, I mean, that's just one of those things that comes with having a baby who is sick, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, we would really, we would really, really separate them. I've actually seen, since Lulu's had her surgery, I've seen, they actually sell little medically fragile tags that you can buy for your car seat and signs that you can buy for your door. Hmm. And looking back, that's actually something that I kind of wish that we had had. So like the signs say like, welcome, this is the home of a medically fragile child. We ask that you please remove your shoes and wash your hands. Please no sick visitors. And then I think the car seat ones say something very similar. I don't know. The ones on the car seat are kind of like, oh, you know, I, I know that I'm so cute, but, you know, medically fragile, please do not touch. So I think that things like that are actually helpful because people don't know and well, you can't I, expect them to know. But you don't say... want you don't want grandma coming up and just holding the babies. Like it used to really freak me out when people would touch Lulu's hands because then, of course, she puts her hands in her mouth, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I mean, the the way that she, the way that Lulu got RSV is that Steve is on an airplane flying back from a business trip and we're pretty sure he picked it up from being on the plane. And then the next day I was working and so he was taking care of Lulu and it was just, I mean, just from just literally just from passing germs, from mm-hmm. coughing or sneezing or just whatever it was. You know, and it was like, and it wasn't a big deal. And for you, it was just a cold. Mm-hmm. It was just a cold. And you felt, you said you felt like you were a little bit under the weather, but then you got over it. And for her, it was a 10 day hospital stay. And so I, it was a big difference. Yeah. I just want to say like the medically fragile signs and a lot of these things like before Lulu, I would have thought a little bit intense or, you know, if I saw someone with those signs or taking these measures, but it changes your perspective. When you're Definitely. taking your daughter, your yeah. little one, to the hospital. Yeah. Not just for the 10, 10 day stay, but for other ones as well. For middle of the night things when she can't breathe. Yeah. And your nieces and nephews or other little ones, they, they, that's just not their life. So that yeah. they get colds and they get better. They get colds and they right. get better. They get colds right. and they get better. It just, it is yeah. what it is. And it's just, it's totally different. So right. I just, I'm just saying that because for me, it was sort of like, I had to kind of get, I, I, I would, I would say something. Okay, Sharon, is that, are we going a little bit overboard? Right. But, but the reality is if you're in a situation with your child, is that vulnerable? And, mm-hmm. and again, with that heart condition, it not only made it easier for her to catch respiratory issues, yeah. it made it very, very difficult for her to fight respiratory oh, issues. It was so So it was a double-edged hard. sword. So she not only would get sick easily, she couldn't fight it very well. It was so hard for her to fight any sort of infection that she had. That was one thing that they told us while she was in the hospital with RSV. They were like, it's just, they just said it's just, it's just really hard for her. Yeah. She's got low muscle tone. She's got, I mean, she just, she had a lot of issues at that time, but anyway, yes, so it was, it was really hard for her. What I want to say here for any parents that may be going through this is Follow your instincts, like sharing, follow your instincts, like be protective. Yeah. It's okay. Like do what you need to do, what you think is right. And and if you go overboard, well, what's the harm? I'm telling what's the harm in that? Like go a little overboard. Yeah. It's your baby. Like you don't need to be running to the hospital in the middle of the night. Right. Because you didn't want to offend someone or whatever. Right. Well, and as the parent, you are you are really looking at these two options. You're looking at really having all these strict routines or you're looking at going back to the emergency room and going back to the hospital or going back to the doctor's office. Like I used to get nervous about how much Lulu was at the doctor's office because there's people there that are sick. You walk in and you're like, I do not want to be in this room. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to be in the waiting room with all these other people. And so it is just, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, to most people, this is not going to be something that you're going to need to do. But for us, it definitely did 
it helped us a lot. And I'm thankful that you were assertive with it and like you, you had, you had strong yeah. instincts and, you, and I, and I, it took me a bit of coming around to like, no, that's the right thing. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. that hard or anything, but I did not come out of the gate having the same instincts of where the, what our standards would be. And, right. and thankfully you, you did. That's yeah. one of the blessings about having moms. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, that's right. Yeah. So the last thing that we did, and this is a little bit of a doctor thing, but I, I, I think it's safe to talk about, um, which is that our doctor actually gave us a nebulizer that we could use at home. And they, you just put in the, al- the albuterol solution into it and then you can have her use it just at home. I definitely found that that helps. So if I found, if we thought that her airways were getting a bit constricted, we could give her the nebulizer treatment at home. So not that first winter, but the following winter, she did get a bad cold and we gave her the nebulizer. And I remember that making a big difference just in terms of her airways being clearer and stuff like that. So for those who don't know, like our doctor wrote us a prescription for it. And then we actually, I think, didn't we go to Walgreens? Mm-hmm. And they had, yeah. they gave us like the, the, machine, the machine and, and then the... they, and then the albuterol solutions. Yeah. So for a toddler, we basically do all the same things that we do for a baby, but there's a, a few small tweaks and it's nice because there's a few things that are available to you once they turn two that are not available to you when they are a baby. Mm-hmm. So. Lulu isn't the greatest at blowing her nose, but, you know, at some point that should be, that does help a lot. But I still, having said that, I still saline, I still spray the saline, I still suction her nose out all the time. So that is still something that we do even though she's three. We really, really like the Zarbi's Cough and Cold, which again is just an over-the-counter, it's an all-natural, homeopathic, again, if you're into that kind of thing, if you're not, totally fine, but... I think it's just something that is very safe. I really actually like the nighttime one because not only does it help clear out, I think, any congestion, but it really kind of knocks them out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like when you're sick, the best thing you can do is just get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. So especially if they're coughing, I think it has honey in it. So it'll kind of coat their throat and allow them to sleep without waking up and coughing. And so I, I don't know. I just feel like for toddlers, sometimes that is just the best medicine. It's just a night of rest with no oh, yeah. coughing. So I swear by that stuff. So we get that. I mean, you can get that. Again, you can get that at Walgreens. You can get it at CVS. You can get it at, I mean, we get it from Wegmans. I think they also sell it at Costco, you know, on and on. We do, you know, probiotics. We do liquid vitamin D. Like we put that in Lulu's yogurt. Oh. We also really like Sinopret, which again is another, just another natural decongestant. That one I order online. So I order it from a website called Vitacost. But I think you can also get it like on Amazon. But again, it's just it's just an all-natural decongestant. They just take a little bit and you give it to them a couple times a day. I think you give it to them three times a day. And I have heard from other moms that it takes like a day or two to see results. Mm-hmm. So the first time I did it, I think I gave Max two doses and I was like, nothing happened. And then I stopped using it. But then the second, then I think someone told me like, you know, you got to give it like a day or two. So then the next time he had a cold, I waited, you know, I gave it to him a couple times a day and waited for a couple days. And then sure enough, it was like he had the sinus infection and it all drained and it was great. Ugh, I feel like this is such a gross topic. I'm sorry, everyone. Well, he's had a, a lot. cold and flu is yeah. just, it's part of our lives. Max has had a lot of sinus infections and, and that. Yeah. And so none of his are serious, but they make him irritable and then well, feel terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's so terrible. I will say this, that there's been, a, again, a lot of different uh, attempts and different variations, but the Sinopret did has made a nice difference. Yeah. No, totally. And then the last thing is we do a couple of preventative things that we do think kind of just help their immune system. Again, this does not take the place of any of your doctor recommended medications, but just some preventative things that you can do would be probiotics, 
we do liquid vitamin D for Lulu since she's not old enough to do anything solid. Um, with Max, we do everything gummies because that's what he likes. And I don't feel like fighting him about it. So mm-hmm. we do like the Smarty Pants probiotics. We do the little critters, multivitamins, and the little critters, um, vitamin D. And again, these are all gummies. So he's excited about it. I'm excited about it. I just, I just, it's just a battle that yep. I don't have to fight with him. We also do the elderberry syrup, which is supposed to be really good at prevention. It's just honestly just supposed to boost your immune system. Yeah. And I feel like anything that we can do to kind of just boost their immune system or help them kind of just from the inside out, I feel like is so, so worth it. So that's the stuff that we do. And hopefully this is helpful to everybody. And like I said, I will post all the, I mean, all the products that we use. If you're interested, again, if you're not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But if you want to see what it is that we use, I'll post them on our website at the special story. Dot com. So it's www.specialstorywithane.com. I'll just, I just wanted to say a couple of things um, to encourage other parents out there. Um, this is trial and error. Sharon tried a lot of different things, looked into a lot of different things. And so encourage you to, to follow your instincts and to find what works for you guys through trial and error. I remember at one of our Down Syndrome Association in Northern Virginia brunches, get togethers, I was talking to one of the moms and just talking to her about one of the things that Sharon had uncovered with Lulu. And the mother said, Oh yes, no, I'm a doctor actually. And, and I always tell my patients, my moms that the, the very best medical expert for their children is the mom. Right. The moms know. Like, so we do. We it know. is like a super, super power. And it was really, it was really quite something that always stick with me the way she put it that as a mother, but as a doctor, that almost God gave moms a, a special power to, uh, <laughs> to detect and to, you know, so pr- pursue that, you know, listen to it and you'll find what works for your family too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I think that's all for tonight. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already. And we welcome your ratings and reviews. Um, We love hearing comments from people. So if you're out there and you're listening to us, then you can leave a comment on the website on specialstory.com or you can leave a review on iTunes and just let us know what you think. But we would just love to hear kind of who's out there and what you think about cold and flu season. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I think I know what everybody thinks about cold and flu season. But yeah, otherwise, we will be back next week. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye.